1: Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table where we talk about how to create better, how to create better family, self, business and health. And oh my gosh, golly, I am so excited about my guest today. Like, Have you ever experienced brain fog or memory loss or, you know, I'm going to say this unwanted weight gain? Yes, I said it. You know, I used to be able to like drop the pounds doing things as easy as exercise or cutting out certain things, but it just is not working anymore. So if you can relate, you do not want to miss this episode. My guest today, she is on a mission to help other women out of those typical traps of diet cultures, and she's going to share about intermittent fasting and how it affects the the metabolic system and the three tips people can use to start IF today. Now, for in fasting coach and author Lori Lewis, menopause dealt a crushing a blow, of brain fog, a lack of balance, memory loss, and the sudden gain of 50 pounds of stubborn hormonal fat. What? Right? Crazy. She tried everything she knew to feel better, and the methods that worked in the past made absolutely no difference. Totally can relate. I totally understand this. And for four years of struggle, Lori stumbled upon intermittent fasting, and she started fasting that very same day. That menopausal fog lifted in less than one week, and she had more energy, and she felt like herself. I love that. And she lost, hear this, she lost 51 pounds in 15 months, and she has kept them off. Hello. We totally want to know more, right? Now... um, I'm looking at this beautiful woman right now, and she is 60. Lori is a gorgeous 60. She is stunning, so young, and just beautiful. I wish you could see her, too. And, you know, she, she is such a giver. And in my chat before this... I I just kind of fell in love with her because she's lovely and so sincere and authentic. And she is a giver. She has turned her personal success into a premier, thriving, intermittent fasting coaching business. And she is going to tell us more about that. I just want to say, Lori, welcome. Welcome to the kitchen table.
0: I love being at your kitchen table (laughs) with you. We're going to have a great chat and I want people... To feel like it really is possible to feel better. I was so despondent at that moment, that day that I found intermittent fasting. Little did I know because I've been trying so hard for so many years to feel better. And um, I felt like I I had to somehow surrender to feeling worse and worse mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. You know, like it's all downhill from here. And I was mm-hmm. just clinging to the edge of the cliff like, no, I'm more optimistic than that. Yes. I- no, there I know I there's loved, an answer I
1: Lori in our conversation just now you were saying you just want to
0: give hope leave people okay. with hope for sure for you sure have, you
1: have to share I, I, I want to know okay this podcast is all about how to create better health and mm. self, and you're doing it all and I just want to, I, I would love for you to share like how do people take what they're feeling right now and feel more empowered in their health as we get older? How do we get this empowerment?
0: We seem to, in our culture right now, be locked in the punishment model is what I call it, where we think that the only way that we can motivate ourselves to do better is to criticize ourselves and to push really hard and um, in in a context, if you will, of punishment. Mm -hmm. and even when the way people talk about eating healthy, I'll put it in air quotes, you know, I'll ask people, what do you do to take good care of yourself? And people will usually say, I try to eat healthy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only answer people, or they'll say, well, I walk my dog in the morning, I guess I'm moving, or I try and get, you know, a couple of liters of water in, but mostly people are just trying and, and they're trying to be, healthy. They're trying to be good to themselves, but it's like this extra burden, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, my dream, my fantasy is that we really find ease and joy Mm -hmm. in uh, this reverence or partnership that we have with our body. Like, it's like our body is kind of separate we're our consciousness, and then we've got this body that we're going through life with. And, um, I do have this dream that if people adopted what I say is the most counterintuitive way to get more energy, which is having an eating window or intermittent fasting. Oh, I like that. People adopted that as a daily habit, they would discover that all the things that matter to you in your life get easier. And that is a huge promise. Wow. But the reason it works that way is because throughout all human history, food was scarce. And so we now live in a culture where food is in abundance 24-7. And so we use, true. yeah, we use so food to feel better emotionally. Every, you know, almost everybody I know would describe themselves as an emotional eater. I'm sure people are out there going, I'm yeah,
1: I, to- I have I- hidden good chocolate yeah.
0: that <laughs> Exactly. So if we could learn to pause from eating and heal in our fasting hours, the fasting hours are hours of repair Mm -hmm. and each person customize and discover for themselves the eating window that works well for you and life gets better. So I I would,
1: I love how you sum that up. What intermittent fasting is, it's, it's an eating window. And you you said so many great things, right? We put these pressures on ourselves, um, we are emotionally eating and we have access to food all the time. I mean, you can get Uber Eats. You can like eat anytime you want to. And that is not normal or natural or healthy, right? And that's right. And you said it so well, I was looking at, you know, you've written a book, you've, you've done so much. And you talk about that we've, our culture has dieted its way to obesity, yeah. And, you know, whether it's like saying, okay, I'm going to cut out carbs for this week, month, year, which is so hard and probably not healthy at all. And then, and then you binge eat and then, you know, the, the, like, and I've been there where, you know, yes, I've dropped 15 pounds and then I gain 20 pounds later. I'm That's like, right. Goodness. Right. So, so how can you, what is the definition of intermittent fasting?
0: So intermittent fasting is taking the day and dividing it in two parts, the fasting hours and the eating window. Now, technically in science and research, intermittent fasting was used in a laboratory, you know, with, with test animals and intermittent fasting would be refraining from feeding for like a whole day or longer. And then intermittently feeding, and now when we at have a regular this,
1: time though, right? Yeah. Eating
0: right. And now that we really call intermittent fasting time where a person is consciously refraining from taking in nutrients and flavors and then eating later, deliberately consciously eating later in a pattern of time, that now there's just an umbrella term. It used to be called time restricted eating. And now everybody just calls it intermittent fasting. So when people say intermittent fasting, that means I'm aware of putting my body into a healing state at a certain number of hours or certain times. Uh, and then I eat later in an eating window or I, you know, eat tomorrow on an as they call an up day. It's just being aware of when you're eating and not eating and when you're healing and when you're replenishing.
1: I I love all that. And I'm like, want to dig deeper. What does that mean that your body's healing in the time that you are not eating?
0: So when we are taking in nutrients and even taking in flavors, food flavors, the body is aligning to receive nutrients and it is in digestive digestion mode. But when we are fasting, which is really how the human body we've, we've survived through all human history, our ancestors. Because food was scarce and evolutionarily, we get stronger, brighter, more stamina. Imagine if our ancestors had gotten sluggish and lethargic and sleepy and weak when there was no food. We would not have more food. We would have died off. So we
1: actually—that's right. Single pyramid.
0: (laughs) That's right. Not a single pyramid. That's hilarious. I'm going to steal that. (laughs) I'll quote you. That's really good. There would not be a single pyramid if we didn't have fasting, Um, and it wasn't even fasting. It was just scarcity of food. And so the when you ask about the healing, it is astonishing the healing that's taking place deep cellular repair there's a phenomenon called autophagy where the body actually goes in and digs out old junky proteins and recycles proteins when we're fasting and reducing inflammation and boosting immunity normalizing blood sugar normalizing blood pressure reducing circulating insulin but i think one of the key and immediate factors is reducing inflammation
1: wow Wow, that is so good.
0: So it is learning
1: here, and it's probably you probably answered part of my next question. Is then how how are we supposed to combat that uh, expectation that you know we are only going to get sicker, heavier, and foggier forever? Because as we age, this is happening. The weight is coming on, right? And so, is it with intermittent fasting that in that fasting part? that we are lifting the brain fog
0: that's right so in our society it we are challenged by the constant noise of eating all the time
1: mm. and
0: so remember that goes against our physiology that goes against our evolution and so in, even body fat body fat is stored to use later in case of a famine It's fuel. We're carrying Mm -hmm. fuel around on our body. And yet, because we live in this culture of eating all the time, the body never gets a chance to tap into those fat stores. It's constantly asking for the easy fuel, which is more food, more food, more food, more food. And so when we're fasting, we're giving the body this digestive rest, this deep cellular clean out, lowering inflammation and then tapping into our fat stores. And so we're giving it this chance for, as I say, repair or healing. And then the best news is we get to eat as we please later in our eating window. Now, some people get confused and they think, oh, I can just eat whatever I want. Well, you can eat whatever your body decides it needs. And that takes some time to learn. So I tell people in the beginning, we're going to learn one new habit at a time and that is to gradually eat in an eating window and eat normally eat what you normally eat and then a, the next phenomenon that kicks in is called appetite correction and your body actually starts clearly communicating with you the food that it needs the wow. nutrients it needs
1: so learning learning to listen to your body and and is it is that clarity with just like a craving. Like if you're craving fruit or protein.
0: That's right. That's right. If all of a sudden, see when it gets, I always say, this is not a diet. It's a quiet, it gets Mm. quieter. So once you get through that first month of the adjustment phase, and I do want to make sure we circle back and leave everybody with an understanding of how to start, but Mm -hmm. once they get through that first month of the adjustment phase and the body becomes, as we call fat adapted, it's moving through the fuel sources and getting into fat burning mode every day. Um, you know, what? I just forgot what your question was. I was no. I was going down a pathway. I'm sorry. So, no, so
1: good. I was I was wondering then. Okay, when you're saying then we will learn what we're
0: yes. Everybody
1: needs and and I asked if if it was like you know is that when we're listening and hearing oh I, I'm craving food a fruit, yes
0: or I'm craving that's meat, right or the way it shows up is once you've gotten through that adaptation phase, which is typically the first month, yeah. it gets quieter and people within the first few days and the first week are like, oh, this is so much easier than I thought. It's a, It's surprisingly easier than you think it is. And I, so you I just can't
1: wait to find out. And I, I know good. that I'm going to end with one of these questions of like, well, what, how, how do we do this? How do we jump on good. this I, again? For sure.
0: One of the things that people learn pretty quickly is there is a difference between craving. Okay. So I say when your body is asking for chips and crackers and, you know, all the ultra processed food, that, that craving occurs as noise and anxious as you become fat adapted and then appetite correction kicks in, the communication gets quiet. So the like when you said fruit, the body, it sounds like it, your brain would say something like an orange sounds good. It's quieter or more salmon, more salmon, please. You know, it's it's or someone will go, you know, I talk a lot about appetite correction, but it's impossible to imagine it for yourself until it actually happens. Mm -hmm. And one example I love to use of a client is that she hadn't been to one of her favorite restaurants in a while. And she always ordered the same thing because it was delicious. She liked it. It was Mm -hmm. her favorite thing. And so she went after a while and she hadn't been, she thought, That thing that she always ordered, it just didn't sound as good as it usually did. Wow! So then she looked at the menu and it's kind of like scanning the menu and your body, your body is saying, not that, not that, not that, that. And so then you'll order something that, that you kind of, in a grounded, peaceful way, you're getting the communication for your body that that sounds delicious And then if one of your friends were to say, oh, you're ordering a salad, you're being good, that almost sounds like nails on a chalkboard because this is not about being good. It's about feeling good. And so when you're tuning into what your body wants and what your body's quietly asking for. You're, you've stepped outside of this diet mindset mode, which is all about being good and I have to be good and these foods are bad and if I eat them, then I'm bad. That's back to that punishment model.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when you're in the quiet of having an eating window and healing and looking forward to eating later, you can hear the communication that your body is saying, eat this and don't eat that.
1: Oh my goodness, Laura, you said so many great things, right? We do need to get out of that punishment model and associating nourishment as good or bad. That's right. And associating that with our our own behavior that, oh, I'm behaving badly. But I I love that you said that it's not a diet. It is a quiet. And wow, right? Being able to just listen to your body and and, and I, I totally can identify with that right now because, you know, I'm, I'm a carnivore, but I also like love chicken strips and fries, but you know, when I'm at a restaurant uh, and I normally would have ordered the chicken strips and fries with my kids, but I'm like, no, I, I'm like really wanting to eat some crispy lettuce and, and I just want to eat that and it's not because, and, and I could hear the voices, oh, you are doing, trying to be good or, and it's like, no, I just really want to eat a good salad. So I'm hearing, yes. you, I'm totally relating. And I I love that, that you said, it's not about being good. It is about feeling good. I think that needs to be on a t-shirt that you can sell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I think I should do that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. You're yeah. full of great ideas. <laughs> No, you are
1: awesome. I'm learning so much. So then okay, if I can perhaps I you have answered this, but I'm gonna ask again. So the root cause of most people's challenges with their weight and health, is it this? Is it listening to that bad punishing punishment model? Is that
0: it's challenge? That's part of it. I I have We have a personal responsibility, right? We're human beings and we have agency and we have the power of choice and thinking things through. But Elaine, we have been fed ultra-processed food by the food industry for solid 50 years, and we've been fed a lot of lies for about a hundred. So we've been told you know, when people think, isn't breakfast the most important meal of the day? No, that was a marketing campaign a hundred years ago by Kellogg's when they invented breakfast cereal. And they thought, how are we going to get people to eat this? Well, we have to tell them that it's important. And that has become what I call medical mythology. And people can wake up and have a black coffee or have a cup of plain tea, no nutrients, have a Plain water. If you want to open your eating window in the morning, great. Have a morning eating window, eat breakfast mm-hmm. and lunch. And then, you know, so everybody gets to customize I what they that. do. So but I think the biggest challenge is that we can't actually listen to our bodies with the noise of ultra processed food because it is designed to keep us addicted. Yeah. So this is where I kind of let people give off the hook a little bit because we've been fed these lies about that we're supposed to be eating all the time that is not true look at human evolution and human physiology we yeah. do we're brighter and stronger and sharper in a fasted state we allow our bodies to heal we are not a grazing animal we've been taught for at least 50 years you know i call it the snack culture where instead of eating meals we just have food around us in the car in front of the computer at the, like literally all the time 24/7 food around us wow and so and then that food is designed to keep us addicted okay so the reason i say don't start with adjusting your food is food is very emotional for people it's really hard to adjust food so if you start with intermittent fasting and you start fasting clean and having an eating window later and you discover this, your fasting groove, your sweet spot that works for your goals, your family, your schedule, your everything, and then you settle into that daily fasting and eating schedule, then with time, the food, you you're establishing this reverence and this partnership with your body. Mm -hmm. And then you can start shifting the food. And I know countless, hundreds, if not thousands of people who say that the way, the way they were able to feel better and restore their healthy weight and, and all their, and optimize all their health markers is by not adjusting their food first, by having an eating window first, and then gradually being kind to yourself. Yes.
1: Okay. This just jumps right into my next question. So, what, Lori, would you say are your top three tips on how I and my listeners can get
0: started with intermittent fasting today? So, what so the, are the first step step one is decide today, and you can do this every day for the rest of your life. This is, you just decide. When am I closing my eating window today? And it can be the same every day. That actually makes it easier on people. You don't have to, it's just the same (laughs) or you can change it. But the question is for everybody out there, what time today do you think you'll finish up your dinner? And when would you like to close your eating window? And people like, well, you know, it's summer or, you know, whenever people are listening to this, right? It's the holidays or it's summer or whatever people want to do. What's the best thing? It's like, no, no, no. When for you, so Elaine, when for you, when you think about your day today, when will you close your eating window and just shift to drinking plain water and then go to bed? What time sounds good to you?
1: Today, if I had mm-hmm. to
0: pick, knowing mm-hmm. my
1: kids have sports and everything. That's right. Okay, I'm going to say 8, 8 p.m.
0: 8, great. Now, is that doable or is that too hard?
1: It will be a challenge because those little snackers that okay. inside me.
0: So let's <laughs> say 8.30. You get, like, you get to choose whatever it is, okay. is eight 30, sure. eight 30 sound better. Eight
1: 30
0: sounds. Okay, okay, good. So eight 30. So I recommend that you set an alarm for yourself. Give yourself a little last call at eight 15. It's like last call. Remember eating window closing. <laughs> and, um, you have, you, you tune in with your body and you ask, is there anything else you need? And most people get afraid. They're like, oh, I have to eat for future hunger because I'm going to be fasting. no. You tune in right now and you're like, is there anything else I need? And your body will be like, nope, I'm good. Or it'll say, why don't you have another bite of whatever? Close that eating window. You know, counters clean, fridge closed, lights out, eating window closed.
1: But water is okay. Water is Plain,
0: unflavored water. So then next tip is your fasting clean, which you can find anything on the internet to justify anything, right? We know this by now (laughs) we've been on the internet for a minute. So I subscribe to the clean fast, which is kind of a purist fast, which is actually fasting Mm -hmm. because I want my body to get all the benefits. I want all that hormonal rest and hormonal balancing. I, I, fasting with flavors and taking in little nutrients, like a little cream in your coffee or whatever, that actually makes fasting harder. So step one, I want fasting to be easier, which is a little counterintuitive. You think, wouldn't it be easier if I squeeze lemon in my water? No, it actually isn't. I want it to be easier and I want to get all the health benefits. So fasting clean is this plain unflavored water of any temperature or sparkliness, but no flavors.
1: Okay. Can you have Plain. a circle in it? Can you?
0: Yep. Okay. Yep. Plain unflavored black coffee. And I can hear the screams in the universe.
1: It, yes. Right? I know. I'm a coffee drinker, but it's, I'll just like drink the coffee. Plain unflavored
0: black. You can have it on ice. You can have it. You can shoot back an espresso. You can have it weak. You can. And then the thing is, if there's a way that you love your candy coffee, I call it, you can (laughs) have that when you open your eating window. You're a lot. Okay. So the plain fast, plain unflavored water, plain unflavored black coffee. And don't drink cups of coffee. Just have a cup and move, switch to water. And then. Tea is a little confusing. So people think tea is like mint tea and hibiscus tea and jasmine tea. No, plain, bitter, black or green tea. If it has ginger and lemongrass and all the food flavors in it, save that for the eating window. I discovered the hard way myself. I, when I started intermittent fasting, I bought all sorts of fancy teas and I realized they made me ravenously hungry. We no. don't want to feel ravenously hungry when we're fasting. So, when people tell me that they're really white knuckling it and struggling to get to 12, 13, 14, 15, even 16 hours, wow. I suspect that they're not fasting clean because wow. it's so much easier. Okay. So, you decide when you're closing your eating window. Yep, love that. You fast clean mm-hmm. and then you add 12 hours. So, 8 30 a.m. tomorrow. If you close your fast, your eating window at 8.30 PM or six or 10, you know, or four you choose, then you add 12 hours and that's your first day. And if, if you don't feel actually hungry for breakfast at 8.30, after your 12 hours have passed, keep fasting until hunger does arise. okay? Okay. And so then each individual, depending on their goals. Yeah needs to discover for, or can discover for themselves what length of daily fasting and what length of eating window serves you. I think a really good goal is within a week to 10 days, getting to a 16-hour fast. So you start with 12, and if you're not hungry, just see how long you can go. And if you closed your eating window at 8.30 PM, that means you can have lunch at 12.30. But there's, there's no, this is not the fasting Olympics. There's no, but no judge. There's no score. You can't screw this up. So you're just tuning into your body. You're fasting clean and you're eating later. And if you're like, wow, I, I'm going to see if I can go for 30 more minutes, go for it. And people can expect that there will be hunger waves. Like you'll, you may have strong thoughts of food and a hunger wave, but if you breathe through that and have a glass of water, maybe take a magnesium capsule. You could put a little salt under your tongue, high quality salt. You'll just roll right, stay busy. You'll just roll right through that wave. Hunger doesn't build and build and build. And if it does, one of the things intermittent fasters learn is the difference between what I call hunger alerts, the body just reminding you to not forget to eat later. Mm -hmm. Hunger alerts are different than actual real hunger. And you learn the difference. And this is not about punishment or struggle or pushing hard. Mm -hmm. You can eat anytime you choose to. And the beauty of this is we do live in an abundant society where we have high quality food, even if someone's eating very simply like greens and rice and beans, it doesn't have to be expensive, right? Mm -hmm. But we can eat good, wholesome food later in our eating window and get all the benefits of fasting. And all the benefits of eating well. It's oh, the best Lori, of everything.
1: Lori, I've never heard someone explain it so easily. And you. that is awesome. And I, I'm I'm actually gonna try this. I'm gonna go for this. And I love that you said, you know, this starts with picking a time for closing that that eating window. So good. Yeah. And I I know that people are listening right now, they probably They were driving. If I pulled over to take notes, because good.
0: I would add, Elaine, if I can add another important thing to keep in mind is why would a person be doing this? Okay, so Mm -hmm. people come to intermittent fasting because they usually think it's the latest diet and way to lose weight. Okay, Mm -hmm. but I really want people to prioritize feeling well. Mm -hmm. So if 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 there are foods that you eat that make your tummy puff out all of a sudden, or your stomach hurt. Like I've discovered after intermittent fasting that there are foods that actually make my belly ache that I didn't realize before. And if there are foods that cause your joints to ache or make you feel puffy or give you a headache or make you feel Mm -hmm. sluggish that we, we really want to tune into why are we doing this? And so again, I could want to underscore that to lower inflammation Mm -hmm. to move into fat burning, to ward off Alzheimer's, they're calling Alzheimer's now type three diabetes Mm -hmm. and that high circulating insulin and high inflammation is not our friend. And so people can really discover for themselves, but also learn from me and learn from other intermittent fasting experts, like all the possible health benefits. So next time you get your lab work done. Yes. If your cholesterol is high or blood pressure is high or thyroid is off or, you know, just whatever people are dealing with, intermittent fasting, having an eating window will help you optimize and get better, feel better. That is
1: awesome. That is so great to know that it's not just weight loss, but it's so much more in in your human body and in wellness and in your mindset and your defogging of your brain. And now I I heard you say you could take a magnesium pill. Why, why magnesium?
0: Well, magnesium is really this beautiful linchpin of, you know, about 600 plus bodily functions. And when we're fasting and insulin is low, which we want, this is a big goal, lowering circulating insulin, Mm -hmm. the kidneys dump sodium and magnesium. And so there's, um, there are a couple brands of magnesium that I really recommend. One of them is by optimizers. It's called magnesium breakthrough, and it has seven types of magnesium and no added ingredients. So it's fine while you're fasting. And so, so the other thing I didn't say, Elaine, I'm sorry, I forgot. So the clean fast, plain, unflavored water, plain, unflavored black coffee, plain, unflavored bitter, black, or green tea, yeah. and then minerals like sodium or magnesium. And then the fifth aspect would be your medication as prescribed. Okay. So people should take their medication as prescribed, right. but, um, taking a mag, we're mostly deficient in magnesium and especially while we're fasting, it can be important to make sure those electrolytes or minerals is stay there high
1: time of day to take the magnesium. Like, is that, I, like, I it think it's sleepy because someone
0: Sometimes, so because the bioptimizers has seven types of magnesium in it, it doesn't tend to make people sleepy. It's a magnesium citrate and magnesium glycinate that can, it's not sleepy as much. It's more relaxed. It's when people take magnesium in the evening, it's not like a sedative. So to answer your question, I would take one capsule of magnesium in your eating window and see how you do. And then you could take another one at 12, 13, 14 hours fasted could be helpful to get through a hunger wave. Yeah,
1: no, that's great. That's awesome. I love it. Just to recap for those three tips on how to get started with intermittent fasting today is number one, decide today when you are going to close that eating window. And I love that you gave that tip of setting an alarm for your last call. Yeah, right, like in your, like you know, your thirty minute, your last thirty minutes there, so you could say, okay, I'm going to, to have that one last bite of something. Yep. Number two is fast, clean, and and that means the plain water, the plain coffee, just black tea or green tea, no flavors, because you don't have That's to hear right. any, um, anything. And that last one, number three, is add twelve hours um, to make that your your healing window of of resting your body and fasting, and then work up to hopefully sixteen hours. I yeah. love that. So good. So great. I'm so excited, Laura. You have no ex- no idea how excited I was to like chat with you today, Thank just you. to learn this. Now, does intermittent fasting does it do any damage to metal- i can't even speak metabolism or or is it bad for hormones for women
0: those are two really important questions that people ask a lot here's about the metabolism okay so when the body perceives that there's a shortage of fuel it l- slows the metabolism metabolic rate because it's very smart. It's not going to be burning through fuel when it thinks there isn't much. It's like, it's got to conserve. So the metabolism slows, but here's, what's so cool about fasting clean and then eating well in your eating window. Okay. So you're going to eat normally you eat well. You're not going to stuff yourself, but you're not dieting or calorie restricting either. You're eating until hunger is gone until your body feels satisfied. When we're burning fat in the fasted state, the body's like, yay, there's plenty of fuel here. And then when you're eating well to satiety in your eating window, the body perceives in both of those parts of the day that food that fuel is plentiful and the, okay. met, the metabolism goes up because you're cranking through that body fat and then you're cranking through the food fuel that you ate so the when the metabolism slows is when the body perceives a famine so you want to eat well and fast clean and then regarding women's hormones again what's what's hard on our bodies is punishment and pushing hard and struggle and strain and um overdoing things. So diet culture, diet mindset would have us this big pendulum swings. Like I have to be good and I have to hit the gym and I have to, you know, starve myself and, and eat calorie restrict. It's that's, what's actually stressful and hard on our hormones. But the way I teach people to fast is gentle, respectful with reverence and partnership with your body. And the fasting clean makes it easier. And then eating well, Makes us feel satisfied and happy, and so does it take some determination, some focus, some effort. Sure, anything worth doing does. But am I telling you? Anytime someone's like, "It's so hard," or "Boy, was I suffering and struggling," I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what, what, when was that? How you know?" I, then we dig in and we we customize because struggle and suffering and competition is not part of it. And so, when we're being good to ourselves, so a woman who still has her cycle, oftentimes the few days before your period comes, you may have a longer eating window, but that's not an invitation to stuff yourself with junk food, which makes it worse. <laughs>
1: yeah. So good. So true. So true. Okay. I would like to end with this question like menopause. And, and, you know, whether our listeners are going through it or, are in perimenopause eventually they will enter this phase in life or if you are someone who's uh, not going through menopause you might know someone who is and or will be heading that way yes There are five things about menopause that no one tells us about that you say you need to know this.
0: Okay. First off, (laughs) you said perimenopause. And I bet most people out there are like, I don't know what that is. Okay. So if you are a woman over 40 and you're still having your monthly cycle, you are pretty sure in perimenopause. So perimenopause is when the hormones start shifting and you're going through the transition. So even if you don't have any symptoms, even if you feel like nothing's changing, if you're over 40, it would be time to have a partnership, a communication with your doctor and start having those hormones tested. And they're usually, sadly, Here's another thing nobody knows because they don't send us to biology class for older women. Wow. Um they will usually question that. And they treat wow. perimenopause as the transition time and menopause, here's another thing people don't know, is when you have not had a cycle for 12 months, mm-hmm. you are now postmenopausal or in menopause. Huh. And so um They treat it like a condition that we just have to toughen up and go through. And here's another thing that we don't know is that the standard protocol now is that if a woman in her forties complains about like being confused and life is harder and I'm kind of depressed and I don't know what's happening to my body, the standard protocol is to prescribe antidepressants.
1: Oh, no, no.
0: It is. So... Wow. That can be helpful in many circumstances for many people, but to have it be the odd to have no, we have no guide. I'm starting to describe myself as a doula for people in perimenopause. I like that. I want to hold your hand and we'll get through this together, oh and it's going to be about ten years. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's you know, that's so, so true. Right? Mm. They pull, t- uh, you know, 11 year olds aside, ten-year-old decide. That's right. Say, this is going to happen to your body when you. Um, start spotting blood and this and that, and right we pull and to educate them, and so yes. they aren't afraid of what's hitting them, but no one pulls us aside in our thirties or no
0: nope. <laughs> they- Well, it's hard in your thirties to imagine that the you know you kind of think well I guess I've heard about hot flashes and I guess my period will stop someday, mm-hmm. but. If you're so in your forties like, or early fifties. Right? Yeah. Talk to your friends and talk to women who are older than you. And if, if you start feeling strange in your body, or you're starting to carry more weight around your middle and there's nothing you can do about it, but you know, so I gained 50 pounds when I went into menopause and I was the healthiest i have been air quotes eating healthy for 20 years. And, I was fit and lean in my early forties running marathons. And suddenly I gained 50 pounds and I had depression. I had every, if you go through a checklist of all the, all the symptoms of perimenopause um, I checked all the boxes. So if suddenly sex is more painful or loss of libido or all your joints ache, or, yeah, I mean, just the list is long and it doesn't have to be awful. We can talk to each other and learn to make requests of our doctors and have an eating window, fast clean, have an eating window. And it doesn't have to be the same as your friends. You can discover for yourself what eating window has you feel your best. That will make it easier. (laughs)
1: Lori, you've shared so much great information. If, If people wanted to find you, where should
0: they go? So I'm at fast forward wellness. It's my business, fastforwardwellness.com and fastforwardwellness on Instagram. And I just love hearing from people. So if you go to my website, you can download a checklist. If you're like, wait, what were those steps that you said? You can download a checklist and get emails from me from time to time. I don't bombard people. And if you want to write me and tell me that you started and how you're doing or hire me as your coach, I'm totally here for people. I love every minute of my job.
1: Laura, you're amazing. I I love how you phrase that. You're kind of like a doula for women going through this. Yes. And I, I've never heard anyone say it like that. And you are amazing and so caring and so helpful. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise here with me and our listeners. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I love being at your kitchen table with you.
1: (laughs) And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. I, I know that you learned and some great nuggets and I am so inspired by Lori and I know that you are too thank you for joining us today and Lori you are awesome and I will have all of her contact information in our show notes and I too love hearing from you listeners so please do reach out to me and thank you so much for your ratings and I'm so grateful for all the five-star ratings so thank you and Lori have a fabulous rest of the day and thank you for making my day fabulous
0: thank you, thank you.